Okay, so, I mean, you remember we were at the Forest City Comic Con uh, just this past weekend, and uh, we were running a panel on nerd law. Yes. Just sort of like we taking a, a legal perspective on the, the weird things that happen there, our favorite uh, sci-fi and fantasy properties. And we got a really good question from the mm-hmm. audience. We did. We got a couple of really good questions. Which one are you thinking of in particular? Okay, well, the one I'm thinking of is one that we hadn't really, we hadn't even thought about before. And mm-hmm. we've thought about a lot of different things. But the question was, uh, what do you think about the fact, like, about these powerful episodes in Star Trek, The Next Generation, or any of the Star Trek properties, where uh, a character like Data, or the Doctor, the holographic Doctor, has to argue for the right to be treated like a human? Right. Yes. This was an excellent question. Okay. And it, yeah, okay. Did you have an angle on this you want to go with first, or what's... Well, okay, because my first instinct was, what are you talking about? These are amazing episodes. They, they're human interest. You have these powerful moments right. where these are all our the beloved that characters are... get to argue for their inherent dignity. Yeah. Like they're uplifting and you end the episode feeling really good about it. These yourself. are why Star Trek works because it tries to connect on a deeper level with deeper themes than just like a space opera. It's a different kind of intellectual property than a Star Wars. Yeah. It was, I mean, I, I was like, why do you have a problem with these episodes? I mean, maybe that's a wrong thing for a panel host to be reacting. <laughs> like maybe that was the wrong reaction. But then, so I step back and I'm like, wait a minute. There is a problem here. Absolutely. And the problem Huge is not problem. any one episode in isolation. Right. The problem is it keeps It's happening. the established trend that the United Federation of Planets does not appear to be able to establish and maintain a legal or ethical or philosophical regime around sentience. Right. Like, it's fine for it to happen to data. Okay. Yeah. Well, not fine, but okay. like it happens. We it accept happened, that it has happened. We to accept data. that it happened to data. Like there was He's an a, artificial life form. There was a brain fart. There's an artificial life form, and uh, the the Federation took the position that because it was a Federation citizen that created him, he was nothing more than uh, like a ship's computer. Yeah. And you could just order it around and make it do whatever it wanted. Mm-hmm. Data had no rights. Yes. That and okay, fine. But then you had the amazing episode, and uh, Captain Picard and Commander Riker were forced to take opposite sides. Uh, for, I mean, a legally incoherent reason. I can't imagine what uh, rule of civil procedure would <laughs> require the ship's captain and its commanding officer to argue. But anyway, you know, we'll, you know we'll, we'll do an episode on Billy Budd someday and we'll talk more We about won't do this, that. But, <laughs> but anyway, the point is they you had all the principal cast all arguing for uh, various propositions and making, you know, good philosophical and moral and legal arguments for why Data should or should not have rights. Great hour-long episode. Data has rights. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the the audience gets to feel uplifted. Great, fantastic. Solve the problem, right? Uh, no. Not even close. Because it turns out that not even a handful of years later, another set of Federation scientists created another artificial life form, the holographic life form, the Doctor, yeah. and then they immediately decided, well, this doesn't have any rights. It yeah. can't. It's... It, and it just makes sense. It's, so it, it makes it's no sense to me because not only because I mean the position of the Federation was well we created this thing and we specifically designed it as a holographic life form that could not be sentient in the way Data did. Okay. Knowing that they have an after action report from the Starship Enterprise where a holographic creation of the Starship Enterprise with no science with no multiple, scientific effort multiple AARs the, 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 of the holodeck keeps coming to life. It's and, and it's, becoming sentient. And the holodeck is a core component of the way the Federation operates as a society. We know this. It's, so what is the point of having these captain's logs if nobody's reading them? Well, it, it, what it points to is a complete a complete decay of the concept of legalism in the UFP. 
because if any legal scholars, if any legal academicians even existed, there would be a very clear test, at least under... How is there not a test? Right. They, under, would, they would have taken the data case. Yeah. They would have taken the Moriarty after action report. Yeah. They would have put the two together and they would have said these doctor holographic life forms we've created absolutely deserve right. Here is the test. Immediately. Here in the UFP under fleet law or whatever you know code of uniform military justice they use, this is going to be the test for a sentient life form and it will be afforded the following rights. The fact that that hasn't happened, and even under, how is this not a tenet of interstellar international law? I mean, they have the prime directive. They have the prime directive. We know that they they hold some things of sacrosanct. Well, we're talking also about, you know, in the Alpha Quadrant, there's, you know, four or five significant multi-star system empires who are under an uneasy truce at the best of times. Well, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Romulan Star Empire is actually mostly in the Beta Quadrant, Okay, I yeah, I don't care. They're a bordering power. <laughs> the, there, there's, the neutral zone may as well be, the you know, the border with the Romulans in the Alpha Quadrant. Just, okay. Okay. just, okay. just okay. shut okay. up and let me finish. <laughs> but the fact that the, the this international order exists yes. necessarily implies that basic questions like affording uh, the... Um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the supposition of sentience to newfound life forms or whatever. There'd have to be strict rules about how to treat them. Right. Exactly. Because we, know, we know that we treat we know that the UFP treat new civilizations, yeah. regardless of what they think of these new civilizations, with the exact same basic rights and respect. Don't mess with them until they have warp drive. Right. Right. And, so they, why are they having so much trouble sending that well, to? And it's more complicated because the, U, the UFP is sort of technically a supranational entity, right? It's a federation right, of other true. states that exist within it. So you'd think that any rules that they had with regard, and they deal constantly with mono-ethnic empires. Yes, like the Romulans, yeah. the Klingons, they all consider themselves mono-ethnic despite the fact that they have subject populations, right? right so true. these are live questions in interstellar politics every day, defining the levels of relative regard to be given to the rights of different species which are sentient and some maybe of questionable sentience there needs to be a protocol in place and there's clearly and, no protocol and there's no protocol all, all for the benefit of good television yes i mean we'll do anything for the rule of cool but if star <laughs> trek is if the if the idea behind star trek is to investigate these problems in a coherent way mm -hmm. and it's naturally like you know if, if you're living back in 1994 and tng just ended that's right 1994 right yeah. you're thinking okay well we've had our two star trek series well then you start making all these prequel series, and yes, it's tough. You know, you have to engage these questions again in the future. Yeah. But you really hamstring yourself because to permit it's it's a similar problem to why the original series, all these women are walking around wearing miniskirts. What's that yeah. all about? Well, you better retcon. They explain it away as like a transient fashion thing. Sure, great, that's terrific. But yeah. the problem is that to get that stuff, you need to go beyond sort of the documentary evidence of the show. I do want to, well, actually, you don't really need to because there is one really cool scene in Star Trek Next Generation in the first season where a background ensign, right? I, I a remember. male background ensign is wearing thigh highs and a miniskirt. Right, okay. That's that, his uniform. That's fair. And so they've hung their entire uh, <laughs> explanation on, yeah, between uh, like in the original series, that was a fashion choice. It was a legitimate, it was a legitimate Starfleet uniform choice all the way through to just after the beginning of the next generation. Right. Anyone could wear a miniskirt if they wanted to. Right. Just but, mostly the women chose to. Right. But my point being, though, is if Star Trek needs to engage these questions in every iteration, yeah. and some of these iterations are throwback iterations, you're going to run into this problem where Starfleet or the United Federation of Planets have a completely inconsistent approach 
to dealing with sentience, which you'd think yeah. would be their core tenet. They, they appear to have no centralized database. Yeah, no, and no lawyers. There's no fleet lawyers, nothing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're right. It was a great question. Great question. Made and, me think about Star Trek in a completely different way, which is, I mean, why we do this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Thank, thanks to the audience member again, and uh, yeah. Yeah.